Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you are having an outstanding Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, right? <laughs> Sorry about the few second delay. We're running into some little issues, but I think I have them all resolved. Have an interesting show for you today. I want to talk a little bit about the comfortable numb stage. When you've gone through this so much that you're so exhausted and tired, you barely have the energy to react, respond, and how that uh, is a part of this process. You want to participate in today's show? You can do that by dialing 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. For our international listeners, you can use the web interface and dial uh, free. Just look in the show notes or the video description and you'll have the link there to be able to connect. A little bit more of a delay that way, but it still works out pretty good. Just want to remind everybody, I am not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who's gone through a traumatic experience, figured out some tips and techniques to uh, help me get through it that I share with you to help you uh, get through your thing, get your life back, undo some of this damage, hopefully repair the relationship with your kids, hell, even with yourself, get your life back. Be careful throwing around diagnoses of people because only a clinical... Uh, therapist, psychologist in a clinical environment, or clinician in a clinical environment, can make those uh, diagnoses. So be careful. You don't want to be going around playing therapist, playing medical doctor, and diagnosing people with issues. Keep that to the professionals. But that doesn't mean that you can't uh, learn this stuff, figure out what the patterns of behavior are, so you know what you're dealing with, and you and you know some techniques to help you get through it. If you like what we got going on here and you want to support it, you can do that uh, two different ways. You can do that over at YouTube at youtube.com slash divorce and become a channel member, get a cool emoji and, and badge by your name. Or you can uh, support directly through the website divorce.com. So hopefully everybody is doing outstanding today. Uh, I'm, uh, I have my coffee, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> my system's running. The green lights are going, so that's a that's a good sign. Anyways, um, one of the other things I wanted to uh, to mention is I, I've been asking people to send me uh, just pictures of their location uh, all over the world. I got I got some more the other day, and uh, just you know just something that that you you think is pretty or, or engaging or. or special about your area because I don't, I mean, I'm stuck here in the middle of the desert of California, so I don't get to see all that stuff. So it's really cool to be able to connect with you guys in a different way and see stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm going to see if I can roll some of those that are just location shots into uh, a slideshow or something that I can, I can share with people. Cause I think that would be, that would be cool. <clears throat> Anyways, you can, if you're interested in doing that, you can just send that to me at Dwayne at dadsfrivingdivorce.com. And uh, again, if you want to call in, it's one four two four three seven three five four eight three. Let me see if I can get my cables all not tangled up. <laughs> Anyways, oh man, so 
I made a video a few years back called Comfortably Numb, and it was kind of a pun on the Pink Floyd song, Pink Floyd song Comfortably Numb. But I was inspired by that because there was a period of time where I transitioned from being completely angry, bitter, frustrated, depressed. Well, I guess numb could be still depression, but rolled into this phase where I was just exhausted. And and to be honest, when it first happened, it was a little bit of a relief. It was one of those things where it to 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 not feel the pain felt pretty good. It was kind of a nice transition. <laughs> not a good place to stay for a long time. And it did get old pretty quick. But there was this phase where everything was just just it was just numb it was gray and and i think again i mean it's weird how a lot of the stuff that we have to go through somebody who hasn't been through it it's really hard to explain it and and i think until i went through that i hadn't uh understood well for one the song and just how that uh, would feel But it's one of those things where it's it's a process of this. I and and part of this came up because somebody posted a comment on one of the videos just saying, I have I'm so exhausted, I have no energy to react, to respond. And it and it it took me back to that that feeling. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I remember those days. I remember being so just spent. And let me just say this. Let me, let me add a couple of things to this. I would highly encourage anybody going through this to seek out a good skilled therapist on this. Look for a trauma therapist because they seem to have the just, you know, spot on skills to really, to really deep dive in all of this. But bottom line, don't go through this alone. You know, I mean, these online support communities are outstanding. Some of them, some of them, some of them are not quite as helpful. So, and I'll just, so find a, find a support group or support system that is helpful for you, that is bringing you up, that is raising things up. Conversely, if you find yourself, I, I, I'll even notice this. I'll go to the, the Facebook pages on some of these, some of these things and it's mentally exhausting. It's just, it's like I, I'll read some of these things and it's like the energy is just being sucked out of me. And it's one of those things where, you know, you really have to take an active role in establishing your own environment, kind of rolling back to a little bit with what we were talking about the other day with routine. And if you find yourself getting overwhelmed with the the information that's being presented to you take a break from it i mean even even youtube videos if you're watching all these videos and 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 it's 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 gets to the point where if at the at the end of the video or at the end of the live stream you're not feeling like hey that just made me feel a little bit better and give me hope and stick around <laughs> if you watch that and you feel worse pick something else. Hell, even if it's my stuff, 
if if that's uh if 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 the at the end of it if it's if it's not accomplishing what I'm hoping it to accomplish and it's not helping push you forward in a positive way, then take a break. I apologize, and I'm trying to. If you can hear this, I'm, I'm trying to adjust the microphone appropriately because for for whatever reason today it's 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 it's, it's in my field of view and driving me crazy. So. Anyways, that is what I, I really wanted to hit at the start of this show. And uh, I think I'm looking at this. I see, I'm going to just look at a couple of comments here. Nargis, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Says, been going to, going to counseling feels like forever. And she is too good, but he, emotions, uh, the emotions get so high and the health issues are so exhausting. You know, it, it's it's interesting you say that because I I do recall back in back in the day, back in the beginning stages of this, it felt like I was going like it was like man, what am I going to be doing? Going to therapy forever? I mean, what is it? I mean, seriously, I, it actually got to the point where I would go to a go to a session. I'd pull up in front of the place of business, and I'd be sitting in the car getting ready for the appointment. Going, why am I here? What I mean, you know. It's like, I'm just going through, I'm just saying the same thing. I'm, I'm not making the progress I want to make. What's the point of this? Fortunately, in my situation, I would, this is inevitably when I was feeling this way, I would go in, have the session. And by the end of it, I'm like, holy crap. You know, there was success. At least, you know, I felt that there was forward progress made. And I went through that iteration a, a couple of times and once, and I've talked to you guys in the past about when I got to the point where I was really desperate. I mean, before I did the hypnosis thing, I tried EMDR. The therapist I had was licensed, certified. Can't remember whether you're certified or licensed in that. And uh, I was honestly, when we first, when I heard about it, I did some research on it. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be, this is it. This is what's going to to be the change, it's going to make everything better. And I was excited about it. I'm like, I know this is going to suck. Uh, and it did. <laughs> when we tried it, it was just too much. It was just one of those things where, where I was so low. And when we started it, it just, it felt, I mean, the way it visualized to me is it, it felt like you had this door that, uh, that stuff was just bursting out the sides and it was starting to open and it was just like, it was like, nope, it was too much. And I, and I, I don't remember how long we, we went through. I mean, it's only a normal therapy session. So, and I, I had to stop and I'm like, I can't, I would get, we got to stop. I, I can't do this. And, uh, it was, that was pretty disappointing. That was one of those things where after that day, I was like, I was so excited about the potential of that really having some, some, uh, success. And fortunately for, for me, Mine, my therapist was, I mean, she was outstanding. I wish, I mean, if it wasn't for the, uh, the ethical reasons, I would have loved to have helped her with her social media stuff. And I mean, just so you guys know, I think in most places, especially in California, uh, licensed therapists have a huge amount of ethical things they have to go through. Um, that doesn't sound right. What I mean is, uh, there's, there's limitations of what they can do. And, and going against that 
puts their entire career at risk. It puts their license at risk. And one of those is having, you know, relationships, even professionally, with people who they've worked in that environment. I mean, and it makes sense, right? Because, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess even in my situation, you know, I would have uh, done it. I mean, I, I'll help anybody anyways, but I mean, I could see how it's like, oh, you know, you, you know, the, you, you're doing therapy for someone who's a construction thing and then they help remodel your house for free or whatever. I mean, I, I could see how it can be abused. So there's, there's requirements for them to not do things like that. Which is a bummer because I would love to scream from the rooftops uh, how awesome she was. But uh, Anar just says breakdowns, uh, breakdown moments are painful. It was, uh, yeah. But see, that's, that's, and let me just, and I'll just dwell on this for a minute. This is the reason why a really good therapist is, is, is uh, incredibly helpful on all this. One, because their whole job is to be, is to, develop rapport with you, to develop trust, to have an environment to where they're not judging you, right? I mean, we get so used to, especially when we're going through this, to where everyone we communicate with, you know, we're always worried about, you know, are they going to put us down? Are they going to judge us? If, you know, if I say I like, you know, chocolate ice cream, it's like, oh, you like that? That's weird. You know, you, we get, especially coming out of narcissistic abusive, abusive relationships, you get to the point to where you're constantly on guard that someone is going to disapprove of, of you. Well, the whole purpose, not the whole purpose, but I mean, a big part of a good therapeutic environment is that level of trust to where you feel like you can talk to somebody and they're not going to judge you. They're just going to help you process the emotions and the feelings and stuff like that. And uh, that's why, I, so on that, if you have a professional therapist and you do not have that rapport and you do not feel comfortable with the person and, and uh, I mean, I get that sharing certain things and making yourself vulnerable is not easy, but if you're feeling that that person, that professional is not scratching that itch for you, find someone else. You know, that, that environment is about helping you get to the next level, about helping you get your life back and breaking free from all of this. If you're in a situation where the person is not facilitating that, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. It just could mean that it's a, not a good fit, could not a good fit for you. You owe it to yourself to look for something else. I did not mean this to become a PSA on the professional benefits of, of the therapeutic environment. However, the, the key point is, is that the goal is to continue to move forward. Like rolling this back to what we were talking about the, at the top of the hour, about being in that state where you're just comfortably numb and you, you've lost your energy and you just, you, you just feel adrift. Don't do it alone. You know, I mean, it, and uh, I would personally say a therapist with a support group like this, what we got have going on right now, or even like the Discord server, that I, the DSD Discord server is is a good solution to to help you with that. Just be careful who what you let into your environment. That's why I don't even really watch the news much anymore. I don't even have cable. I just it's like no. <laughs> I'll get this. I'll get the sound bites, 
you know, check some YouTube videos for some highlights of what's going on in the world. You know, do the old Google search on news every once in a while to see what's going on. And for the most part, it's amazing. You can find almost anything online without having, you know, direct TV or cable or anything. Anyways, on that, if you guys want to participate in the show, if someone has something they want to add on what we were just talking about, call in. One four two four three seven three five four eight three. I'd love to chat with you about it. If you are international, just scroll down in the video description. If you're watching, if you're watching this on YouTube, and you will see the link to access this through that method, uh, which basically bypasses the international phone system, makes a a one to one VoIP call that doesn't cost you anything. So it's another way to connect in. Anyways, so. Wow, I, I droned on about that for about 18 minutes. <laughs> I, I hope that that was, a, that was a, a useful conversation. I hope you guys appreciated that. Uh, one thing I just want to also add, just uh, like housekeeping type stuff. This show is also available on your favorite podcast listener. Well, I guess it's not a viewer. Like iTunes, uh, po- Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher. I guess got Stitcher added a uh, few days, I think last week, um, maybe even Podbean. I got an email from them. So, so wherever you like to consume audio content, I should be there. And if not, please let me know and I will add it because you have to manually add those, I think. I have a few added. If you want to get the show notes uh, for the show and get some more information about the podcast stuff, you can find more info at dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash podcast. And that'll give you the show notes for the, the show and some links if we talk about anything in particular. So let me look and see what's going on in the chat. Seems like it's, uh, I don't know, well, it's not really quiet, but. Narja says, uh, making it difficult to live a normal life. What is normal? You know, it, it, it's it's interesting you say that because in the first parts about this, what f- you get stuck in this mode thinking this normal is going to. I always look at it like a, a chronic injury. You know, like you you blow your back out or are you 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 know whatever you break your leg or, or something, and then you have this pain that just kind of sits with you, and. It, it it often feels like, oh my God, this is my normal. My normal is going to be struggling every day. It's going to be maybe feeling numb. And you're never, and you feel like you're never going to get to the other side. Part of the main reason why I created this whole, this whole thing, this whole channel was to help people understand that it's a process to heal from this. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes so much longer than it really should. It's very frustrating in that regard, but as long as you keep working to improve, you keep working to, you know, effectively make your life better, to make yourself better, it gets better. And, you know, every time I say that, it always feels, as I'm saying it, I'm like, man, how do I, how do I help somebody believe that that's true? You know, part of it is, is I hope you look at me and you see somebody where you're like, yeah, you know, that story sounds, he's saying exactly what I'm feeling. And he's at this point, I'm making lines on the desk, which you guys can't see, but you know, you start it 
uh, this point, and you can see that you can get over here. And that's, to me, that's one of the, the biggest things on this because we lose our hope. You lose the, you lose the belief that it's going to be anything better than muck. And the reality is it takes a long time. Like in my, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird because when I started this channel, I felt really, really good. I was like, man, my life is so much better. And I can tell you from that time to now, which it's been four more years, I've continued to grow and things have continued to improve. Doesn't mean that I don't have bad days. Doesn't mean that things don't, don't still happen every once in a while. Excuse me. But it's, uh, it's so much better than I would have ever imagined. So when you're sitting in the situation and you're thinking, man, is this never going to heal? It's, it's, it just takes time and that part sucks, but it's worth it. So don't give up on it. I do have a call, but I'm going to grab this comment. So Linda said the thought of seeking therapy and opening up to someone is a bit overwhelming. Where do you start? So I would say on that is, you know, treat a therapist unless you're okay. Let me clarify this. If you are limited in your medical provider to where you can go and you can go to therapist A or therapist B, then you go to therapist A. And if you don't feel comfortable with this person, then switch to another one. The other thing is, is that, I mean, kind of embrace the process. What I did whenever I started mine, I'm like, you know what? I want to make some, I'm going to just start this saying, okay, I'm going to trust this person. I'm not going to play games with my therapist. I'm going to just be as honest as I can be. Right. And, uh, unfortunately as it progressed, there were no red flags for me that, uh, that didn't, didn't, uh, you know, create a problem. So it's, if you have a, if you're, if you have a medical you know, insurance plan or, or your thing gives you a lot more options, then you just, you interview them, you know, you, you go and you, you sit down with them and, you know, ask them some questions, you know, what are their, their thing, you know, what's your approach and uh, just see if there's a rapport, you know, I mean, a lot of it's kind of like the chemistry, you know, interpersonal dynamics and uh, the chemistry people have. And I don't mean that in a romantic way, but I mean, think about it. I mean, you, you have friends or you have people in your life that you're like, Hey, I just, I connect well with this person over here and this person over here rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> if the person falls in that category, don't use them. Don't use them for that. And just take it slow. You know, I mean, it's like I, I, we all want to have immediate response on this and you know, you, you want to be able to go to a couple of sessions and everything's great. It's going to be a long process. I would also say encourage, you know, when, when you're working with them, this is what I did. Ask for homework. I did that with mine. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to see you for a week or two. What, what should I be doing? What, what exactly should I be doing so that we can talk about it again when I come back? Just but uh, um, for Linda, just, just take it baby steps. You know, start. Honestly, probably if you're in this mode, probably even just thinking about it, it's giving you anxiety because you don't want to confront this stuff, right? I mean, it's like the monster's under the bed. 
But as long as I don't move and as long as I don't do anything, it can't get me. So I'll just pretend, you know, that it's not there. Every one of us needs to get the monster out from underneath the bed. So I'm going to go over to the, uh, well, web caller. It says, do guardians ad litem help most of the time? In your experience, did you have court-appointed therapists that got it all wrong? Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, good thing. Yeah, good day. Just wondering whether... uh, Did I lose you? Just wondering if you had... uh, Just wondering whether you had a therapist that got it wrong uh, in your case. The only thing I had in mind, good question though, is uh, I had a custody evaluator, so it wasn't a, a guardian ad litem, um, nor was it a, a therapist appointed by the court. What we did have is a custody evaluator. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It's like a 730 evaluation where they have a, it's a therapist who basically, if they're done expensively, they interview you, they interview your ex, they do psychological testing on you and your ex. They interview the kids separately. Typically, they will then visit. They didn't do this in my situation. They'll visit each house, observe how you interact, how your, how your house is, how you interact with the kids to really get a good idea of what's going on. Now, in my situation, the person did that all in the office, you know, basically, you know, whenever one of us was doing the psychological testing, the other one was being interviewed, then it swapped and then they interviewed the kids and then they watched us play with the kids where, I mean, like for, for me, it was like a third, I think it was either 30 minutes or an hour. And it was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to, you guys are going to hang out and play, which I thought was kind of fun. Actually, uh, we got to, we, you know, where I controlled it. And then the next, the last half of it was for the kids to control it. And, uh, uh, and they just, you know, watch the dynamics of how everything's going, which is a little weird, but, uh, it, it's, then I noticed on the next part of your question, you said, well, did they get it wrong? The problem is with a lot of this is you don't, there's so much subjectivity in this. And I personally think a lot of time what happens is, is we have a tendency to hurt our own position by saying too much. So it's, it's really, I've known too many, I've known a lot of people who I'll talk to them and they'll have their, their interview with, uh, with the person, you know, whether it's a a CAFCAS in the UK or CPS or custody evaluator. And they're like, Oh man, it went great. Everything was awesome. They, they really get it. And it's like, a few weeks later, when they come out of court, it's like, oh my God, they said I was, you know, they said it should be completely opposite. I think the problem is it's, it's, uh, it is one of those things. You just have to be very, very cautious of how you interact with everything. Does that make sense? Did, did I lose you? Man, it looks like... It, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. I thought I lost you for a moment. So I don't know if I covered, I mean, I don't know if I answered specifically your question. So I mean, are you in the process of going through this now? Is that kind of where you're at? So, yeah, so 
So just just for everybody listening, we're we're kind of beta testing this probably this uh, web interface. So it's a lot of delays. I haven't filed yet, so yeah, I think okay, uh, nothing so, nothing's been done now. Okay, but, uh, in the future. Yeah, what I okay, and that's good, right? I mean, so for you to figure this stuff out now and to 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 prepare to mentally prepare yourself is is an outstanding idea. My advice has always been on on custody evaluations and this type of thing is treat it. it it's kind of like, and I'll use, I mean, I, I grew up around law enforcement for police and uh, my family were all cops and everything. And one of the things that they told me early on is cops aren't your friend. They'll act like your friend. They're trying to get you to, to, to spill as much information as possible so they can figure out where they're going to arrest you or whatever. And I think in, in these environments, you have to kind of have a cautious interaction with people and be like, like a moment ago when I was talking about the therapy thing where you want to be vulnerable and you want to be able to share, that's not necessarily in this situation, but in that, in that you want to be very careful what you're, you're, how you're communicating with these people, meaning the guardian ad litems are the, the, uh, a court appointed therapist and stuff, you know, provide them patterns of behavior and you want to come across really calm and rational. Like if you're in a situation where you have a toxic ex who's doing a lot of things. You don't want to go in and go, oh my God, she's crazy. I think she has NPD and she's borderline. And and because uh, and, they're like, oh my God, well, where was she diagnosed? Oh, I, I was watching YouTube videos and she follows all the patterns. And they're going to go, he's nuts. You know, they're going to, they're, your credibility is going to start going down. What you want to do is focus, if, if, you, if you have a diagnosis, that's outstanding. But you focus on patterns of behavior. I'm really concerned because, you know, and it, in your situation, maybe the ex is not emotionally available for the kids. You know, I'm really worried because I'll watch the kids just begging their, the other parent for attention and they'll be doing something else. And, and I'm really worried about that. I want, I want them to get help for that. I mean, I want everyone to have, you know what I mean? It's like you, you switch the script on it. One thing what I'll, I'll say, and I'll, if I can pull this up, it's an interview I did with Joe Cordell. I know this isn't about therapy stuff, but if you go to my, the main YouTube page, uh, on the main, main page, just scroll down to the expert interview section. And there's an interview that I did with Cordell and Cordell law firm like three years ago. And he talked specifically about how to address these type of issues when you don't have the money and the resources to have all the psychological testing and the evaluations done to get someone diagnosed with a problem. And his, I mean, the short version of this, I would encourage you yep. to watch this is to focus on patterns of behavior and focus on your presentation, right? You don't want to say, you don't want to come across like, Oh, the X, Oh my God, the X is psycho and, and they're going to destroy everything. And you know, you're doing the team America distress call. If you've ever seen that movie, um, you don't want to do that. You want to come across like, mm -hmm. these are my concerns. I really want things to get better. If they don't get better, these are still my concerns. And this is the pattern of behavior that, that is really troubling and focus on that. Cause it'll, it'll make your credibility work, whether, um, uh, go up and, uh, and help everyone focus on what the real problem is. So often we get into a situation to where we yeah. are, we are communicating basically the same way. The X is kind of like making everything crazy so anybody looking at it is looking at it going, okay, mom's, you know, mom's a little off, dad's a little off, now what? Right? What you want is you want them to say, 
okay, one person is a little off and the other person is stable. The problem is, is typically in a narcissistic type relationship, the narcissistic toxic person typically has so much acting ability that they can come across as the reasonable person. So we look like we're unhinged, which will undermine your, your situation. Whoops, wrong button. Yeah, that's, I'm in the latter position, I think, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, just take, see, yeah. The, the thing is, is and, and, and I mean, especially if you're at the beginning stages of it, you're in a better, you are in a better position to undo it, right? I mean, if you're in the situation to where you're, you've been, you, you know, you've been having your buttons pushed, you've been gas lit or lighted, I always get that messed up, and you're reacting, Use this time before, you know, the calm before the storm, basically, to, to calm yourself down. Learn everything you possibly can, which can be a little stressful. But at the same time, then you're like, okay, I understand what's going on. They're pushing my buttons to try to get me to respond. So I need to not make sure I don't do that. For me, when I realized that, it actually was very empowering. And I felt a lot better whenever I would have an in- interaction. And I knew that, you know, the buttons were being pushed. And when I didn't do it, even though it was like, you know, and, and it was really weird, it was really minor, but it was like, wow, she wanted me to turn left and I just was able to go straight and that's a victory, right? I mean, it was just those little things that helped me, you know, mush on through the day, so to speak. Mm, yeah, yeah. So did that, did that, cut, uh, did that help you out? Awesome. Thanks, thanks for the advice, Dwayne. Yeah, no worries. And just yeah, absolutely. take it absolutely. slow, man. You, you know, I mean, and just, just, uh. Uh, I, right now with you, like I said, with you being at the beginning stages of it, it, it gives you an advantage just because typically what happens is, is people start this, the process starts, they make the mistakes, then they show up on the channel and they're like, Oh crap, I made these mistakes. I've alienated my kids. Are they been alienated against me? And typically it's because we've been pushed to help in the whole thing. Potent, you know, maybe you have a restraint, protective order or restraining order, and you can still undo a lot of those things, but it just makes it a lot harder. If you can, if you can catch a lot of this in the beginning, it, it can really, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not, it's still going to be tough, right? But it's, it can help you yeah. minimize some of the mistakes that you would make. But thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in. Best, uh, yeah. yeah, no worries. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Bye-bye. So, you know, it's so important to, it's so important to really calm ourselves down and all the, in, in this, in these experiences to make sure that you don't, you know, that you aren't just reacting, that you slow yourself down and you really think about, you guys have heard me say this in the, in the past, you think about it as a war. You think about it as a long-term battle, not the initial scrimmages skirmishes but what you're really trying to get to and then just base everything you're doing on is this helping me to get to the point you know get to get to the end point you know i mean if you you take like world war ii for the united states whenever you know we were attacked by uh, by japan i mean that was almost that was a pretty damn big blow and a lot of ways i look at that like family court you know a lot of times you walk into this and it's like holy crap i was not expecting this what happened you just got blindsided and then you're scrambling. Just because you get nailed in the beginning doesn't mean that you can't turn it around. So let me uh, let me just look at what's going on. I, I do have a, another caller. I'll grab this in a second, but I'm just going to check some of the comments. 
Okay. Um, let's see here. Somebody had asked how to... Where, I wonder if I still have this. Do I have it? Uh, well, I'll have to find that. Find that. Somebody was asking about how to get on the notification text list, and I don't have the infographic on that. So maybe I... Well, I'll mess with that later. So sorry about that. Got kind of sidetracked. I am going to go to the next caller. It looks like they want to talk about custody. Welcome to the show. Hey, Dwayne. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm like, am I going to, is there someone there? Do I, do I give up? So how's it going today? What do you want to talk about? Oh, no, I, I, I had it on my, I had the mute button on. Sorry about oh, that. <laughs> no worries. Um, well, as always, um, this is my second time calling you. Um, just want to say thanks again for your channel. Happy that you're doing this on a uh, daily basis, uh, Monday through Friday. It's, it's really cool. Always tune in. Well, thanks. Um, I was wondering what your thoughts. I was wondering what your thoughts on this. Um, what is more important to the to a narcissist? Um, it's kind of hard to ask because I'm trying to figure out how to how to best say it. The means of what they do, like so, they're they do a lot of provoking, or the end result. Like, are they, are they, do you think that they're long-term, do you think they think long-term or are they all like short-term? They, 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 um, they act out of, you know, just initial thoughts and just like short-term thinking. I, I think uh, the reason why I asked is yeah. because, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The reason you're asking oh, is I was why? I say, the reason why I asked, yeah, the only reason I'm asking is maybe it's better, better context. My, um, so I got 44% of the temporary hearing and it just seems like, uh, the ex just continuously does stupid things. That seems like that would hurt her, hurt her case. So it's like, why wouldn't you just fake it until you make it? And then you can act the way that you're going to act. But it just seems like there's such spiteful people that they can't think like that. And it's like, they can't think about their objective rather. They're just like, Right. They just do what they do. <laughs> no, great. They try to get everything that they want. You know, right, they, right. And and and, and I'll tell you. Know, you yeah, so that's my question. It is. That's a great question. And I, you know, I kind of snickered while you're saying that because I said the exact same thing about mine. It was like, oh my god, you, you know, this is yours to win. I and mean, it's like you are, you, you know, you, you're you're clutching defeat out of the hands of victory. This is my thought on this. <laughs> Most of the time, people who have these issues are emotionally delayed. Right, and if and if someone is if, if this is trauma based on how they developed into the narcissism, NPD or whatever, typically, again, I'm not a therapist. This is this is my understanding, and and it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so bear with me. Is they're they're emotionally yeah. delayed, right? So you're dealing with someone who's emotionally maybe seven, eight, nine years old, and think about it. <laughs> You know, it, it, you know, take take the person you're looking at, and don't look at them as the 35 year old person. Say, okay, if you shrink it down, boop, you know, you shrink them down, and now they're a seven year old. Does the behavior make more sense now? Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's I mean, because because a child doesn't think long term, they they're 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 emotional 
they're uh, irrational. They're making decisions with with uh, thought processes that make no sense. But when it's a kid, it's not a big deal, right? When my when my seven year old, whenever you're like, "Hey, hey, honey, did you uh did you smear you know what did she do one time? You know, did you did you draw with fingernail polish on the wall? No, <laughs> you know, fingernail polish is on her hand, and it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. okay, but but you're not. It's like okay, yeah. it's a kid. And even if they throw a temper tantrum, you can throw them over your shoulder and put them in the room and, and whatever. But when it's an adult, you can't. So the problem is, is they're, they're, and the crazy part is, is oftentimes in the beginning parts of it, it seems like they must be the super genius because everything seems to work out for them. It's, it's, the, the problem is, is that we're trying to rationalize and make sense of it, and it doesn't make sense. And what you said at the beginning of, of your comments yeah. is exactly what I went through. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was going through the custody evaluation, I actually said, you know, I feel like I'm dealing with a 12-year-old. Wrong way to say it, right? Because it doesn't come across like pattern yeah. of behavior. Um, it, comes ac- it came across like I was just an irritated ex-husband who was mad at their ex and was just trying to lash out. And, you know, no one, no one listened to it. If I would have been able to more to say, you know, I'm really worried about the emotional, not the emotional maturity of the ex, but just, you know, the way things are going. And, and some of these things in the interaction with the kids just don't make sense. And I'm concerned about it because it doesn't feel, you know, developmentally appropriate. Something along those lines, right? I didn't do it that way. I was right. like, you know, you know, she's crazy and uh, made me, I didn't, okay, I didn't actually <laughs> do that. But but I, I can look back on, on my communication with the people involved back then and it was so easy for people just to be dismissive and say, Oh, okay, well, he's just still, you know, he's in the anger stage and he's lashing out and they'll figure it out at some point. And it's just, you know, it's just the normal thing. Right. We have to be super careful how we communicate that with people because it'll, it, it hurts our own credibility. Right. And, uh, but mm-hmm. what, but what you said, I've seen that, I've seen that personally. I've seen that time and time again, talking to other people. And that's the way I look at it. It's like you're really ultimately dealing with someone who's not emotionally mature and is more more uh, developmentally or emotionally delayed. Their emotional maturity is not really where it's at. Now, the sad part is typically in people in that situation, it's like they're stuck and they don't they, – I mean, they ha- everyone has the ability to make a decision to, to better themselves – but it's it's like kind of what we were talking about before with even you know the therapy type stuff and you have to be willing to confront. I mean, effectively, you have to be willing to confront your demons to move past them. And if you don't, if the fear is too much and you will never right. leave, then you're stuck. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I totally get it. And and, and I'll just add. Yeah, some, I just kind of figured. It yeah. Was the question. Yeah. Uh, no, I was, the only thing I was just going to add on that is like I, I have a I have a, a fear of heights. It like right now thinking about it, it makes zero sense. Zero sense. It's like what's the big what's the big deal? But put me on a roof, or hell, put you on a roof with me on the ground looking at it. I have basically a panic attack. So I could see myself being somebody that in a in a, in a crisis situation where I needed to do something that involved scaling a something high. I could potentially get into a situation yeah. where I could completely freeze up and be unwilling, to, just unwilling to move. And I could see myself falling into a situation where I would perish as a result of it because I wasn't 
capable of doing it. I think in a lot of ways, that's how they are. The fear of confronting that is so great that they just can't do it and they won't do it. So they just stay stuck where they're at. That's crazy. But it's so true because, yeah, I don't see these types of people ever changing. Um, yeah. And I guess if you're ever uh, in a custody battle with them, you can't ever assume that anyways. So, and it's um, it's really tough for people because you don't yeah, want just, you don't you don't want it to be this way and you and you don't want this extra I mean because it just it, it doesn't need to be this way right I mean I'm sure you probably looked at I don't know where you're at on your situation I don't remember but but I think everybody goes through a phase where it's like oh my god why can't we just just be adults and and stop this I mean this this stupid pit, you know tit for tat and and playing these stupid games and you know sending the kids over with no clothes or or you know messing with the visitation i mean it's like what what why is this i mean this is stupid it's making everything harder if we just calm down it would be just be easier for everybody and they won't do it It is. it's like you know my situation nine years same same stuff won't stop it won't ever stop yeah i yeah i do believe like it's all about you know if you're i mean if you're you're going through a divorce or you're going through a custody battle, it's going to be a thing that you're going to have to deal with at least until it's 18, obviously. Yep. So, I mean, always try to see it as like a war, like you said, not like it's a battle. Yeah. Just document it, mm-hmm. pull them out, you know, when they're, when they're BS, uh, when it's necessary. When it's uh, necessary. Don't be overly right. aggressive about that. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just kind of figured that it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it was just a question. I was like, man, do these people ever like understand? Sometimes they're actually doing them just themselves a disservice rather than, uh, you know, like playing it a little smart. So it's like, you can almost, I would say these people are very easy. I mean, I'm not saying everyone could only, I think only dealt with one person. That's my ex right now. Uh, that's a narcissist, but, um, I would say that these people are, are not the brightest and, if you play your cards right, you can actually expose them pretty good. You don't have to call them a narcissist. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, you never go to court and diagnose them. You know, you have to get someone. Oh God, no! Uh, don't do like that. A, like a mental. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound good, and it sounds childish to do that. Right. But you can expose them. You can expose yep. them as one without actually calling them that. Um, just use evidence and document it. Um, yeah. And that's all and, you can do. I mean, every yeah. week. To a final hearing, at least I'm getting a false accusation of like something stupid, and I just go back to her um, through OFW, and I just, uh, you know, she says that oh, she her fingernails weren't clean, or like I didn't trim her fingernails, or something like that. I was like, oh, really? Because I took a picture right before I gave her to you, and they were just clean. You know, like that's what you have to do with these people, especially when you're in the in an initial battle with them. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, yeah, you do, you do. And it just gets so petty and it's just, it's just frustrating and it's stressful too. Right. I mean, cause then you're thinking, I mean, the the sad part is, is you get into that mode to where you're, 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 you're trying to think a few steps ahead, but it's, it almost gets to the stage of paranoia. It's like, Oh crap, the kid's fingers are dirty. I better clean them because it's going to be an issue. So you're like, Hey honey, come over here. You know, let's, let's clean your hands. And you're trying not to, you know, you're not, you're trying not to seem all stressed and, try to keep it keep it positive because you know if you forget anything that it's going to be like well you didn't do this or you know a good fa- a good parent would know that's why you shouldn't have custody or what i mean it's just it's it's i i remember those days it was really frustrating 
but you're doing everything right, man. I mean, just keep yeah. documenting it. Try not to let it get yeah. to you. Um, but, but that question you have, I had that multiple, hell, I even every once in a while, even now, I mean, I don't think about it that much, but every once in a while I'm just like, man, God, this could be so much easier. You know, I mean, I don't want to be back with, with her, but it's like, yeah. why, why can't we just co-parent? Why, why does it have to be so stupid? And, and, the, and the really annoying part, like in my situation and probably for you too, is she acts like everything's great. So she pretends like she can do it. So it's like, it makes me kind of look like the bad guy because I finally had to just put my guard up and say, no, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just have a nice little conversation. I'm like, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be in your presence. If I have to, I will, I'll be, you know, I'll be professional business professional, but I don't, you know, I don't want to like, you know, Hey, how's it going? Nope. Don't want to do it. I don't want to be around the person. And you know, I was talking to my daughter the other right. day about it. We switched to this 50-50 or this, no, we were on 50-50, but I mean, week on, week off. And, uh, and it's been kind of nice. And I was talking to her about it and I, and I was just like, you know, we couldn't do this before. I told you before, I told my daughter, I'm like, Hey, you know, you get your, your mom to say yes, then fine. But I'm, I'm sick of every time I ask something, if she has the ability to say no, the answer is no. And it just gets infuriating whenever you're like, Hey, can we right. do No. Hey, I was thinking about no. And it's like, can you like, you know, are you so Dwayne, just one question. Are you still documenting it? So that way you could potentially no, get more time? I don't. Like you still are you still in that phase or are you just No, no, I'm pretty I only have one kid left on it and I mean she's a sophomore in high school, so I effectively have three years. If if um if she was saying if my daughter was saying, Hey, I really want to live with you and for a while there she was hinting at it, but that is I think it just, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like the, it's a stalemate. If, if things change to yeah. where something was serious happening, then I would go back to court. But, but I mean, it gets stressful documenting things all the time. Uh, I did for a long time, but I mean, we're in, we're in year, what, eight or nine. I mean, it's, it's, you know what I, I think, I mean, I have enough information to where if something happened, I know how to approach it, but it's just, Right. You know, at some point you have to like, you have to find your battle rhythm with this, calm yourself down and, uh, try to get, you know, try to minimize the negative impact that these people have on you. Now it's hard for you cause you're right in the middle of the, uh, you're right in the beginning part of it. Right. So you're in the worst stage of it, but hopefully yeah. this information and stuff can help you deal with it to where, you know, it doesn't take you like took me, you know, two or three years to, to start to get your life back after all of it. I definitely think it's gotten better. Um, probably these days than what it used to be. I know that you're in California, so definitely more like fair in uh, California than it's in Georgia. So, um, yeah, it's good to have like you and you know Alex on YouTube to learn and yeah, Alex and is learn how awesome. to deal with it. You know, from the emotional side, yeah, the legal side. Um, I mean, you know, we're all not lawyers, but we all do have some common sense, <laughs> and we have to do show some strength. Um, well, that can go a long way. Yeah. Well, and you need to, you need to understand the process. I mean, I'll just say if you're going through this and you just think you're going to pay your attorney and they're going to take care of everything, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's stressful to get in the middle of it, but you need to be an active participant and understand what's going on. You do. Because we think and we would hope that somebody we're paying a lot of money to is going to have our back. And the reality is, is we're one client in a, in a sea of many 
and uh, you know they're just trying to push things through the system. And some, I mean, like even in my, I liked my attorney, uh, but they annoyed the crap out of me mm-hmm. as well. And I was, but I was actively involved. And yeah. no, this isn't going to happen. This is, you know, this is the direction we're going to go. Now, maybe it's just me from my, you know, my professional environment. It's I'm more, you know, geared that way. I don't know, but you, you, you. I've, I had a buddy of mine who took it. The, we were going through it at the same time, and he took more of a hands-off role, and he got railroaded. He got just just cr- crushed. It makes sense because they don't know what their what decisions are being made on their behalf. Because I mean, to me, I've been talk, I talked to a few lawyers. Right, I'm going to make this really quick. They'll tell you if I don't if you don't agree with me with my approach, I'm going to let you go. And yeah. they basically get all your money, retain all your money. Mm-hmm. Like you giving them, I'm like. That is not a good lawyer. Nope. A good lawyer will tell them, will tell their client their options mm-hmm. and let them know what the outcome of that will be and to um, make recommendations. Right. Not to just like, oh, well, we're just going to start recommending. Well, like, let's get a GAL. Okay, well, that's like 200 to $300 for an owner to have them. They're spending thousands of dollars on them. Right. Mental evaluators and all this other stuff. It's just like, at the end of the day, it's like, who's it benefiting at? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, I hear you. But anyways, um, I guess I'll let you go. I, I've taken a lot of your time, but um, I just wanted to speak with you for a little bit, and I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. So, man, it's it's you know, they all fall. They all follow the same patterns. They all, you know, that's why a lot of this stuff is everyone's story or everyone can relate with each other's story because it's, it's along the same lines. I want to grab, I know we're starting to run a little bit out of time, but I want to grab a, let's see. It looks like big techs had an update. So an update on my trial yesterday, uh, Dwayne for an enforcement for visitation. It was granted. So a sweet victory. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. But I also feel like my ex didn't want to fight it or deny the accusations. The reason I won my enforcement because I had, so many facts and everything I kept was documented. I followed a lot of what the steps, a lot of your steps and it paid off. Thank you. Well, that is awesome, man. See, and, and that's the thing is like a lot of times if you just can remain calm and you don't take their bait and you just methodically and slowly go through the process uh, and document it, that you can, you can do that. You can figure this stuff out. A lot of times they'll get to the point where it's like, if they think, oh crap, if I push this too much, it's going to expose me and I don't want to deal with it. Sometimes you can use that to your advantage as well. So Will had a question that says, can you talk about how the process makes you feel like you're the narcissist, like you're the one that's crazy? Man, that, that is, yes, I can, I can definitely relate to that. I think part of the problem is, 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 when you first learn about narcissistic personality disorder and that those traits and you start looking at it, you're like, Oh, and I did this too. It's like, Oh crap. I do that. I do that. I remember I had a conversation once, you know, after, after this, this realization came up that NPD might be, uh, an issue. I remember sitting down with my therapist saying, Hey, so am I the narcissist? You know, do I, is this me? And keep in mind that I think I've been working with her for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half. And the comment was, well, no, 
She said, and to be honest, people with this thing don't even worry about it. So, so if you're legitimately worried about, you know, this might be you, it's not you. So, but the thing is, is that you are going through a crazy making situation. It is driving you insane. We have to, what do they call it? Like narcissistic fleas is I think the term that somebody coined. I don't know where it came from, but, but basically where you pick up those traits just as a survival mechanism. When you're dealing with somebody in that situation, you almost have to, you, you morph to survive in the environment. So this, and the other thing I'll add on this, and maybe this is more what Will was talking about. Your reality is so skewed and you have somebody in this, in, somebody in this corner who is saying the sky is purple, right? Purple, whatever. And, uh, and you're like, it's blue. It's not purple. Oh no, no, it's purple. It's purple. And, and you're like, am I going nuts? You know? And, and then you, you're like, Hey, you start asking people, it's like, Hey, do, is it, does the sky look purple to you? Is, is it blue or, is, you know, and, and you, you don't trust yourself because you're basically your, your reality is being absolutely questioned. So we are running up. I hope that was helpful. Will, uh, we are running up almost. We got like Little, little over a minute and a half. <laughs> Divorce, Papa. The sky is lava. <laughs> it's lava. <laughs> That's funny. On that, guys. Uh, I hope. Uh, uh, what? It, I think someone posted this in the in the thing. If you want to, uh, you know, I don't even have the number. I was gonna say if you. I do have a a uh, text notification to let you know when a show is going live. I don't. I, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, if you go to the main page on the community tab, I posted the image or the infographic on that, on what the phone number is. I'm testing that out. If, if enough people sign up for it and it seems worthwhile, I'll go ahead and finish out the trial and subscribe to uh, subscribe to that service. I think I effectively did send that out today. So that was a good thing. But on that, we made it through another morning. Tuesday is now upon us. I hope, uh, I hope that uh, this started your day right, get you on the right path, realize that uh, there is hope in your future, that this is not going to consume you. You're not going to be in that comfortable, numb stage for the rest of your life. Life gets better. Yes, these people are annoying, but we can uh, figure it out. Thanks again, everybody. If you're new, make sure you hit the subscribe button, ring the bell for the notifications so you get notified whenever... New videos and live streams go live. All right, guys. Have an outstanding rest of your day.